It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. Big Ten Conference. This is excluding UCLA and USC. So take it away, guys. A lot of people. I'll tell you what. What do you guys think about a Scarlet Knight versus Spartan? Who wins there? Spartans jacked. Spartans jacked. I don't. I don't even know what the Scarlet Knight looks like. You know who's not winning a single fight? The hell's a Buckeye? The Buckeye has no advantages in this fight. Dude, a tree nut? Yeah, just a tree nut, right? I mean, that's well, pretty much the easiest mascot to defeat. I feel like. Yeah, I am looking at the Scarlet Knight right now. They bring out a whole man dressed in armor on a horse. See, that's pretty sweet. So he got a horse too. Wait, does he? He seriously has a horse? Yeah. Are there, yeah bring are him out there on horses horse. in New Jersey? I didn't even know there was horses in New Jersey. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but so they have two mascots. I think they have like kind of like uh, OSU and Bullet. They bring him out at the beginning of the game. I think that I'm guessing that's kind of how because they have like a normal mascot who looks like an absolute tool. And then they got a, the whole guy kitted out on a horse. So, yeah. yeah so they've got a medieval mascot and a modern mascot. I can respect that. Yeah, I still got Sparty. Uh, I have some 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 other points here. Uh, Boilermakers, it's a, it's a train. So it could be tough to stop. <laughs> You're not stopping that train. But, hey, Sparty's not stopping that train. I hate to say it. But if he gets on the train, murders the the conductor. Is a boilermaker a conductor or a train? It's a train. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think even if he murdered the conductor, that's not a train. That's not. That's but, not a boilermaker. So it'd be tough. But if he murdered the conductor, he's now in charge of the train. Yeah. Okay. At that, that point, hijacking a train would be tough for a Spartan to do, considering he lived in the you know way long ago. He may not even ever seen a train. He might be a little scared. Yeah, the bullet train, right? It's pretty cool. easy to hijack a train because I've done it multiple times at Red Dead Redemption too. So here's some here's some that just have no chance. Uh, terrapin, no shots. A turtle, um, go, gophers. I mean, a, a gopher is like, I don't know. I've never really seen a gopher in in real life. It doesn't seem like it's very threatening. It seems like it's underground. Uh, Cornhusker and Hawkeye, both no shot. Although Hawkeye, like if it's the Avenger, I mean, that's I mean, maybe he's got. I never really thought about this. What's a corn husker? It's for somebody that husks corn. Oh, and then he's not winning anything. Yeah, well, she's ripping those husks off, man. He'll beat. He'll beat the Buckeye. Tree nut. Yeah, badger. Badger probably wouldn't have a chance. Same sense as a wolverine. Just got a lot of fight in it. it. Would be very entertaining to watch it try, but I don't think it has a chance. No, no opposable thumbs really hurts it. So here's my thing: Is it just a normal wolverine? 
or is it like a mascot sized Wolverine? Because that changes things like quite a, a bit. Sized Wolverine, like a six foot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that think it's certainly scary. Is it not multiple Wolverines since their name is plural? Oh, that's a good point. So maybe you throw in like three of those things. Yeah, well, then at that point, you'd have Nittany Lions and Wildcats. Those would be pretty tough, too. Oh, yeah. I Okay, Nittany Lion. I didn't even think about Penn State. What the, what the hell is a Nittany Lion? What does Nittany mean? The lion that knit. <laughs> He's going to be looking fashionable, I'll tell you what. Right, he wears nice sweaters. and Is the mountains they're in not called, like, the Nittany Mountains or something? Or is it just the Nittany Mountain Lion? Yeah, I mean... So, so are we going with the as large as humans for the for the battle? Oh, nice call, Drew. It's called Mount Nittany, apparently. Huh. So, are we doing like the human-sized animals for these? Human-sized animals really makes it interesting. I think if it's human-sized animals, I mean, the only thing to me is the fighting Illini have an entire tribe. That's that's an entire. You know, it's like a it's like a, a tribe of Indians. So, I think that they might have the upper hand on that. They the, do have the numbers for sure. Just, isn't it just the entire state of Illinois? Isn't it? Illinois sure. yeah, it's all of them. Well, and you're not beat them. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've got a really good boilermaker, a nice train. Get them all I don't know. Them. They got the, the, the Hawkeyes have an Avenger. So, <laughs> you know, if we're saying, if we're talking Hawkeye Avenger, man, if, if they've got Hawkeyes now, now we're talking like that would be a real, like multiple Hawkeye Avengers. That would be very tough. It would be insane. I mean, the only thing he can do is shoot a bow and arrow real well, but I mean, he can take out a few. It'd be interesting to see them versus the Illini because you're basically doing the same thing there. The guy that plays Hawkeye, I think his name is like Jeremy Renner, I think. Yeah. Is that his name? He, he made one of the worst songs I've ever heard. I mean, it's so bad. You guys have to check it out. He made like a, he like, he sings music now and it's, it's not- terrible. Did he not go insane and try to murder his family? In the movie? No, like in real life. Oh gosh, I I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look it up. I think he, I think it, I mean I'm probably wrong, but something like that. Happened. Jeremy Renner tried to kill his family. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, maybe he did. When? How long ago? 20, 2019. Yeah, hasn't he been in movies since then? He tried to do he tried to do a little uh a little homie, little homicide, little double suicide homicide, apparently. A little right. Baylor action, if you know what I'm talking about. Baylor? Oh, God, yeah. The 2003, 2003 Baylor football team. No, he tried to, they tried to pull a Steve McNair here. He was going to kill oh. himself and his wife. Just to get rid of all evidence, I guess. That's that's not cool. All right, well. <laughs> on that hey, beat, don't murder. Sounds like don't the, murder. I might have. The Hawkeye might have the grit to win here, though. <laughs> if he's willing to kill his wife, I mean. Yeah, if it's a fight to the death, then he's he's ready, apparently. Anyways, all right, let's, let's, let's move on from that topic. Turn, turn dark fast. Ah! Yeah! Fumble! Yeah! Gift baskets are amazing, fellas. Gift baskets are the essence of class and fanciness. They are the ultimate present that a person can receive. What about cash? Cash, you can buy whatever you want, including a gift basket. 
each one of us give our gift gift basket, and then we'll go back and do puzzles. Um. So my gift basket, um, Lou Holtz continues to live. I mean, I feel like that's just a treat for everyone. Lou Holtz is still kicking around. He's probably spurting some nonsense right now, but he is he's still alive, and that's all that matters. Keeping that Notre Dame faithful, hopeful, say the least. I I can appreciate any call out to Lou Holtz. I'm glad. I'm glad we recognize that he's still alive. Now, if he could maybe come on cameo or something, that would be you know make a couple social ex- uh, appearances. That would be great. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he has something. He's pretty old at this point. So, but great call out there for Lou Holtz. Yeah. Well, my gift basket is a. Uh, it was Lee Corso's 87th birthday yesterday. So. Shout out to him. He looks pretty good for our 87-year-old. Hopefully he can do game day for a couple more years before he retires, but we'll see. Uh, fuck it. Yeah, I, I think Lee Corso, uh, you know, obvious legend. 87 is a, a pretty good number, I feel like. He's he's had a good life, that's for sure. Shout out Lee so Corso. did he coach before? Yeah. yeah, he was at Florida State, I think, and maybe Maryland, if I'm – I bet he was such a fun coach to play for. Living he had to have just been hilarious. When he's he kind of, it's kind of weird because he's pretty short. Like, typically, he's a, is he a little tiny guy? He's a little short, small. tiny guy. So yeah, he was at Florida State as a graduate assistant, then Maryland as quarterbacks coach. So I was right about those, but he was never head coach there. He was head coach at Louisville and Indiana. When though, like in the eighties? Uh, looks like sixties and seventies. Oh, wow. He was coach at Northern Illinois for one year in nineteen eighty four. Hey, shout out to NIU, baby. He also had a losing record, so I mean, he he made his hay on TV. Can't blame him. All right, so my gift basket is uh, today is uh, Kanye West. Um, it's just a good day for Kanye. Um, if you didn't uh, see it, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian have broken up. Kanye immediately went to Instagram and posted uh, a picture of a newspaper reading, and uh, it's quite it's quite something. He um, the thing with Kanye is you've got to expect this kind of thing. That's why it's so exciting for me. I just, I think he's already deleted it. Yep. He's deleted it now, but it said, uh, Skeet Davidson dead at age 28. And then <laughs> below it, it said, uh, kid, kid Cuddy was meant to play. will not play funeral because he's scared of, of water bottles being thrown at him. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's the deal. I'm just giving, I'm giving Kanye his, uh, his gift basket because man, Kanye is, always there to entertain you in a pinch. If you're ever down and you want to see some absolutely heinous, crazy shit, just go to his, you know, Twitter or maybe a YouTube compilation. He's wildly entertaining. And if you like him, you don't like him, that's fine. Uh, you know, people, I'm kind of indifferent on him, but he's very entertaining at the least. How do you come up with Skeet Davidson? That is one of the funniest things I've heard in so long. Like when all that stuff started taking off, and just his entire army of loyal followers, including one of my roommates, just began to scream Skeet Davidson. And just, dude, that is that is one of the funniest nicknames I have ever heard coming from yeah. someone calling someone else. Some of his some of his uh, insults are just different because the song he released <laughs> because Drake didn't want to be on it. The whoop diddy poop scoop. Oh, whoop diddy poop scoop. Oh, do you remember when whoop diddy poop scoop came out? We were watching the Thunder and Jazz series. Oh, I was. We we watched it. We listened to Whoop Diddy Poop Scoop a couple times, and I I mean I was I was on the floor just rolling laughing because we all thought at some point at some point maybe he'll start rapping and it'll get better, but nope, 
just kept going whoop did he poop he did it so good there's a concert song called lift yourself i think yeah lift yourself yeah let's get it on yeah let's that song is actually like even though he was just saying whoop did he poop scoop it's still still kind of a kind of a banger <laughs> like it's still in numbers yeah so you're telling me he made that because drake did not want to be on the song I don't know if that's exactly why I think, but Drake like came out later and was like, yeah, I was going to use that beat for like an actual, like an actual song. And Kanye wanted to ruin it somehow. And then, yeah. So he put out whoop did poop scoop. It's on, it's on Kanye, man. It's like a genius or something. They, they, they interviewed Drake later about it, but yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. What do you think was going on through Kanye's head when he made that song? I can't, you know, I, I wish I, I wish I knew. Yeah. I wish I knew what was going on in that man's head. I really do. Well, That'd be a treat. Like if I knew scientifically what was going on, like I would be a renowned psychologist. So like I you know for me to actually know what was going on, I, I I would be very, very intelligent. He's gotta have something just majorly wrong going on right now. Because he is just year after year he continues to just like take a step down and take a step down. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I watched his documentary. The documentary on Netflix was, I don't know, it was very, very good. I thought, um, made me see a different like side of him. But also, you kind of, I don't know. Just if you want to watch it, watch it it's on Netflix. Very good. Um, all right, we're gonna get into fumbles here. All right, for my first fumble, um, it really pains me to say it because I love this man personally, uh, Kale Gundy. Recently said some things in a team meeting that he probably shouldn't have um, put a player's iPad up on the main screen to probably try and embarrass him. Um, but that ended up causing him to say some, I'm guessing, racial slurs. I couldn't tell you exactly. We haven't heard yet. Um, but, yeah, he has stepped down from his wide receiver coach spot Um and steps away from OU, which he's been coaching at OU for 30 years now. He started coaching in 1990 as a high school or just coming out of uh, college. And it, it really hurts. It's it's a hard loss. Um, probably going to lose some recruits from it if we don't, like, bring it all back together or whatever. But, yeah, really, really big fumble. Um, reading racial slurs off the off the main screen. Can't Can't do that today. Sounds like he pulled a Ron Burgundy. Yeah, read too much of the television. I do think it's interesting, the whole Kale Gundy thing. Uh, so the last kind of bit of, like, carryover from uh, Lincoln Riley now at this point is Biedenbaugh. Biedenbaugh? Biedenbaugh, yeah. And he's been there for quite a while as well. He's he's awesome. Yeah. But this is probably the craziest offseason as an OU fan you can imagine. I mean, my I mean I at this point, I am numb to emotion because of all the things that have happened to me. So, I mean, it's just like it's another thing that just happened this year. Normally, I feel like I'd be a lot more upset about it, but, I mean, I think I've used all my energy being upset about other things. So, it's just like, hit, hit it in your face, hit you in the face, and then you just kind of move on. It's kept me entertained during the offseason, which usually I'm really bored during it. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's something. But, yeah, it's been a crazy offseason for OU. Yeah, my fumble is TJ Finley. So about three or four days ago, probably, 
well, let's, not, let's take it back a week ago. He got an IL deal from Amazon, like a record-breaking deal from Amazon. And then about three or four days ago, he got arrested trying to evade police on a moped because he didn't have a helmet on. So not very smart of him. He's probably going to lose his NIL deal now. Actually, I have no idea if he did or not, but I'm assuming he did. That's but, real tough. I mean, I feel like running from the police isn't that hard. Or just, like, don't do it. Especially on a moped. You should be able to evade him pretty easily. <laughs> he can go through tight spaces with that bad boy. Yeah. It's a tough situation over there. He'll probably be suspended for, like, half a game. First half of the first game or something. But like Only half a game? I mean, Baker Mayfield only got suspended for the first play of a game for trying to evade oh, that, that is true. For Wait, I thought he got, <laughs> I got the, he got suspended. I thought he was suspended for the first uh, drive of the game because he grabbed his nuts against Kansas. Oh, well, that also happened. That's not my guy. I don't know. He, 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 I think he got his captain, his captain spot stripped from him. I don't even remember. I just remember Kyler Murray ran for the touchdown in the first play, so he just missed one play. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was really good, good showing of what the future had to come. All right, well, TJ Finley, certainly a fumble. Um, Hopefully uh, he can rebound from it. I don't know. Oh, I have another fumble. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before we get move on, why did why did Amazon, out of all players, they chose TJ Finley, who looked like a four-year-old out there against most teams? Like, TJ yeah. Finley, all people. Uh, I – Probably just because he's in a quarterback for Auburn. That's probably the only reason I could think of. Zach Calzada's probably. I think it would be like, where's Amazon from? Seattle. Like, where to start? Yeah, you think it'd be like a good, like, Oregon play or something. Maybe you, Dub. Yeah. That's weird. weird to me. Um, I have a, I have another fumble that I just popped in my little baby boy head. Brittany Griner, nine years in prison. That's tough. How do you bring weed to Russia? I'm sorry. Like, I feel like there's one place you don't fuck around, and that's Russia. And she was fucking around and brought weed. I I hate that it happened to her. Like I'm sorry, but I mean you brought weed into Russia. That's one place you just. I feel like you are on your best behavior with nothing bad on you. But yours is insane. Just for a cart. That's crazy. Yeah, but also I I mean, how do y'all feel about the trading of a Cold War? Um, arms dealer. Yeah, no. I'll tell you that guy's name. That guy's what's his name, Drew? I don't know what his name is, but like, uh, I think I'd rather keep her there than give a war criminal back. Well, I'm just telling you that criminal's having that. He's having. He's he's really pumped right now. He's having a good time. I saw a tweet and it said, um, it said the USA is trading Jackson Mahomes in a fourth round pick. (laughs) In 2024, for uh, for Brady Griner, you also got to toss in Brittany Mahomes in that. It's not enough. Yeah, well, if we toss in Brittany, we might we might not have to include the pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what if we send them like Ellen or something like that? Do you think they give that one? Oh, they'd have to give us more than Brittany Griner back. Good lord, Ellen's got quite a cult following. Yeah, it's true. But I'd be completely fine with giving her away. You can give them like Alec Baldwin. It's <laughs> uh, another person that was uh shot shot somebody. Yeah. Hey, the Russia <laughs> loves that. They love it. Here's that killed people. I mean, my goodness, Alec Baldwin's right up there at the top. Do you think Ellen DeGeneres has ever killed someone? Uh I almost guarantee Oprah has. 
Why? Why do you say Oprah? Just, Oprah's American it, sweetheart, man. Well, yeah, but she's just come in contact with too many people. One of them had to have died. Yeah, Think about how many people cool. go on her show every day. I mean, she, she sees, you know, uh, 200, 300, 400 people every, every day. I feel like Ellen is hiding a deep, dark secret that she is like this serial killer of a human. Dude, I've been on. I've been on the fact that Ellen is definitely in Pizzagate. What's Pizzagate? Oh, you don't even want to get me started on what Pizzagate is. <laughs> <laughs> like Hell genuinely God. that. <laughs> genuinely that, that. You don't want to hear about Pizzagate. That that's just crazy. I don't even know if it's real, so we probably shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So my fumble is uh, humans. Humans took a fumble this week, um, or had a fumble this week, and the reason why is whales. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this video. This whale, where these people were like kayaking, and these this whale just came up and, I mean, it attacked him and got him two people in this kayak and it got him in its mouth. I don't know how the people survived. These two two older ladies survived um, a whale attack, and you know humans are just fumbling because they're just simply not as massive as whales. Whales have us beat in the uh you know we have a lot of fat people but nobody as big as an actual whale did when or humans struggle in swimming i will say i'll say it like i don't personally i don't like being like underwater and like being super wet but and i feel like a lot of people are with me on that (laughs) no no you think think these two old ladies are the first people to survive a whale attack since uh since jonah Back in the old biblical days. Yeah, they should write a story about this. Well, we've been funny. getting dominated by whales. <laughs> we've been getting bodied by whales. Now, bodied. Now, sometimes sometimes they let us out, you know, apparently. I know of three people that have had a whale attack, and all three of them lived. Jonah and these two ladies. I also got another fumble of the week. I don't know if you guys seen the stuff about Addison Ray these past couple days. Have you guys? Oh, yeah. The yeah, father and son. Yeah. Bikini. So Adidas whoa, released. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's disrespecting Christians, pretty much. There's a bikini that says the Father, the Son, and then it says the Holy Spirit right in the, in the crotch area. What the hell? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, not not her best look. Not great. She's a uh, she had she deleted it on Instagram, but yeah, I've been seeing. Our team messed up on that one. Yeah, to say the least. So why is it that? everyone that gets famous and gets like a lot of money turns into a weirdo sometimes like like what money just makes your fucking mind go crazy i don't know yes i can't wait for it to happen to us when this podcast goes insane yeah i think it's one of us tom will you wear a father son holy spirit bikini (laughs) if we get if we shit if we are starting to make serious money by this i will wear whatever you want me to oh my gosh i'm joking i'll show up naked to the podcast we will never know we will keep our, our great moral loyalty and our, our, our great values, no matter what. Uh, you know what I'd do? I would wear a Speedo with the same exact thing, except one on each cheek and then the one for the crotch shot. That's what I would do. There you go. There you go. Hey, this is a kid's show. Nope. <laughs> Welcome to it, kids. All right, Drew, you want to you wanna finish up on Addison Ray? Oh, yeah, I might do. Well, I think... It's also part of Adidas because it was their brand that they. Yeah, I saw that. He's sponsored by them, but like, it's not a good look overall. Yeah, yeah, certainly not her best. Um, a classic fumble that some some do say. Classic fumble. You'd have to you'd have to say that's a classic fumble. 
Now, should Addison Ray start playing in lingerie football? The Holy the Holy Spirit on her cross. She'd get. Is that the like arena football with all the girls in, like yeah. bikinis and stuff? Yeah. You think she'd that's get entertaining? Like that. I've watched a game before. I will say it. It's an entertaining. You Those girls hit like the it. shit out of each other. We need a Tulsa team. Oh come on! Be the biggest signing in that in that history. He'd be like a Pat Mahomes contract. <laughs> yeah, Addison Ray signed for five hundred million dollars to play for the Tulsa the Tulsa Laund- Titties. Laundry Football League. Yeah, she signed for the Tulsa Titties. <laughs> We're doing a best throwback uniforms here. Uh, best throwback uniforms for college football. The Hawaii football team, the Rainbow Warriors. They're a little throwback with the green, uh, like the kind of the what's it called? The Kelly green, like uh, the Eagles used to wear with little rainbow on the sides. Those just make me feel some type of way. I'll tell you what. Um, love seeing those. I really just love Hawaii's uniforms in general. I feel like they have really good uniforms. Um, I also have. What was that? Great color scheme, man. Oh, great color scheme. I can use the entire Absolutely. Absolutely. I also have the Oklahoma State throwbacks from last year. Those, uh, I hate OSU with my whole heart, but I will say those were some of the best jerseys I've seen y'all wear in a very long time. With the ones last year? uh, Yeah, the Barry Sanders ones. Oh, those were, yeah, those were a couple. I think that was 2020. We wore the 2020, whenever. Yeah. The ones you wore against. Texas. Not oh, me. those orange ones. They were the orange. Yeah, they're orange shirt and then white pants, white helmet. Oh yeah. Yeah, those were with the little cursive on the chest. That those are those might be your best uniforms you ever produced. I'll say I'll say that. Those ones are sweet. Those are pretty sweet. I put North Carolina on here. They have the North Carolina has the coolest colors. I mean, my gosh, man, they they look so beautiful in basketball. But they had their throwbacks this year, and oh, they. Like the numbers are like uh, outlined nice. I don't know. There's something about them that are just they're sweet. So, uh, I, looked, so I looked up because I couldn't really think of any. I found Maryland. Maryland that are pretty cool. They had a cursive Terps on the side of their helmet. Yeah, cool. the cursive man, beautiful. I also about cursive. It's not really a throwback, but I love when Navy and Army come out in uniforms. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I love the hand painted like cadet helmet the one with like the um gosh i'm trying to think of what was on it but it was or maybe yeah no it was navy it was navy yeah. they had the ships that like aircraft carrier on it, it was so sweet yeah, i'd love that game because I, they they choose like a certain like regiment from like each like branch of the of their specific military right and that's what they represent every year oh yeah um, helmets yeah and i think and i i love it i mean i just you can't go wrong in the army navy game um, I feel like that is one of just the classic games of college football that will always bring eyes, and I'll I'll watch it every single year, even though it's the worst game I'll ever watch. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's probably like the most the most like nineteen forties football game that we watch every year. Like it's it's like a blast of the past because they both run triple option. So they do a good job of advertising it because they realize if they put it like during a Alabama LSU game, obviously they're not going to watch it that yeah. much. They always have to put it at the end of the year. Which... Yeah, it's the week that the Heisman is. The Heisman yeah. and then the Army Navy. You know, you remember how they used to play basketball games uh, on the aircraft carriers? They need to bring That's that coming back, isn't it? Yeah, it is coming back. But imagine they did that for Army Navy. Cool. I mean, Before. it's pretty cool. They do it in Philly, and or they did it in New York, I think, a couple years ago. But it's coming back to Philadelphia now. But wouldn't it be sweet if they did it one year on an aircraft carrier? 
Could you fit a football field on it? Well, man, I, I think I'm underestimating the size of the aircraft carrier. So. I think you could fit a football field, but the, the it would be smaller, obviously. It'd be a little tight sideline, too. Yeah. Someone might be falling into the ocean there, but still, the the thought of having a football game on the ocean is pretty sweet. I think imagine, that is pretty sick. Imagine your quarterback being under pressure, throws the ball away, just throws it off the boat. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How do you how do you bring fans to that? I don't even know. Flying out there, that's gonna be an expensive ticket. You could just bring other boats. And just well, let's get inside of the boat. Fans, most of the fans at Army Navy are the like people that actually are in the army and the navy that's fair so they usually get i don't know if it's free but it seems like whenever they are in this they're in the stands it's just them um the other ones i have on here are Ole Miss powder blues the new powder blue helmets that they've worn that are kind of throwbacks i guess is, so those are sweet man absolutely beautiful Tulane has got two if you're if you have a uniform list and Tulane's not on there you know, you're just you're wrong i think Tulane has a top five colorway of any team in the United States. I mean, that green and light blue. Oh, I mean, come on. What else do you need? Oh, it's it's good stuff, man. And their their new helmets where they have the green, the like actual like little cart cartoon wave that's like angry. I love it. I love it. Honestly, they played OU those last year. Almost beat us. Yeah, that's great. Um, the Jalen McClutsky game. The one where he caught that game when he touched down for Tulane on the like fully powder blue Tulane, Tulane yeah. jerseys. Those were those were awesome. Yeah, I still can't believe Jalen McCleskey transferred to Tulane. What a weird guy. His dad was a coach there, but it's still like, what the hell? Anyways, Texas Tech throwbacks. They have some good ones. I think I think they're all right. But the thing is, is I don't. I guess the fun part of a throwback is that you kind of don't want to like. For me, if if they're throwing it back to a uniform that I've seen them wear as their normal uniform, it's like, damn, that I feel old. So like the Texas Tech one, it's like, yeah, I don't really know if I love them that much. You know the worst throwback on earth, and it's not even college football. Um, it's college basketball. The Kansas State, the oh, two shades oh, of purple. Good God, it's horrible. The light purple and then like silvery dark purple pants. It is horrible. I'll just say this: Kansas State has the worst colorway, just the the worst uniforms in all of sports. I don't hate them that much. I think they're. Extremely, I hate them. I just don't like. If you're gonna choose two different shades of purple, at least make a match a little bit. You know, like, yeah, the two different shades of purple is tough. I can I can see that. I'll also say, Kansas, the Jayhawks have a horrible shade of blue. It's ugly blue. Yeah, they, it is kind of a weird blue. You know what? I you you said the horrible colorway, but I love tech, TCU's. Uh, their chrome purple helmets were those were those hugged. are sick. <laughs> TCU has some great uniforms, and I I will agree with you that I think Kansas State's are lar- like largely gross, but they kind of I feel same. like Kansas State's are just kind of a great value brand of TCU's. They don't try to do anything with them. They don't try anything. Yeah. They they. However, keep- I was a little confused with the red jerseys. The red, yeah, I hate the red. That was a little weird. Yeah. Um, I've never seen red associated with TCU, and then they just kind of showed up out of nowhere. They had some red. They did, like – so remember when they played in the Rose Bowl, they had the rose that was in the frogs, like, teeth when they played Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, like, a long time ago, and it was pretty pretty cool. And then they apparently – so this is the the whole idea behind it is that the horned frog shoots blood out of his eyes, so that's why they have red. But it's like, yeah. Not, but see, purple, not purple everyone's red maybe 
purple and red might be the worst combination of colors. Like it looks disgusting. Like purple and red is just bad combo. You know what the worst uniform combo of all time was in college football? You remember when uh, Texas A&M tried to make those like the helmets look like they were look like they were leather? Oh yeah, those were so ugly. Or or when Florida wore actual alligator like the actual alligator one was so bad. How do you guys like the uh, Oregon like fully duck uniform? See, those were kind of cool to me. I just the orange socks just threw it off for me. They're because yeah, yeah. they were all wearing tall socks and it just kind of looked. Mm. Best Oregon uniforms are the the chrome helmets. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, the ones that like D'Anthony Thomas was wearing and uh, yeah, those were sweet. No, the uh, I don't think we make a big enough deal about how disgusting those Florida uniforms were. Man. <laughs> I mean, those are the worst uniforms I've ever seen, and they wore them in a game. Yeah, they did not wear that leather helmet in the game. I think so. I don't remember. I think so. Horrible. I just I distinctly remember Florida and Texas A&M playing, and Florida wore these disgusting ass alligator <laughs> uniforms. I mean, the thing is, is they're not even really cool. Like, like if they're cool and it's like, well, yeah, they're kind of weird, but they're they're kind of cool. These ones are just straight up disgusting. Did they fired their designer after the game. They had to have, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even show up at the game. This is disgraceful. Now that that's something. And and I love I like Kanye, but that's something Kanye would do. Show up all alligator with a number on its back. I will say A and M did recover, or I guess they it was a while back, but the uh American flag A and M. Yeah. That was pretty dope. See, I like I like A and M's uniforms now under Jimbo. They're pretty plain, but they like they look they look good. Once they went to Adidas, or I think I think they're Adidas. Yeah. Yeah, they're Adidas. They've been Adidas, but once they kind of like started being more plain, oh. it was like, well, it's not a bad uniform. I don't know. Yeah, Jake, I just looked up the Florida uniforms. They are horrific. They were so bad. And here's the funny the funny part of it is that the helmets, the helmets were also like a weird green, like a weird gator green, and they didn't have that the alligator like they didn't have the alligator um, print on them, so it just looked stupid. Yeah, get a good look at that. Yeah, it's it's oh. those those are up there for worship. Oh gosh, there's no hold on, hold on, hold on. Those are horrific. Felipe right. Franks was leading that team. These can't be real. This one, it's just the regular Florida uniforms, but the he's wearing jorts. Wait, let me see. <laughs> that cannot be real. Oh my god. The jort you Oh know? there it is. Yeah, he's wearing they're wearing jorts. That, that can't be real. They Dude, have Crocs be, on. The There's no way that's that. real. Who will be the first team to do that? To uh, to wear jorts on the field. An SEC school for sure. Iowa. Iowa? Oh, that they would like wear like basically like it looks like overalls, like because they're like farmers. Nebraska and Iowa need to have an overalls game. Oh, that would be sweet. Just do we have? Did Nebraska have the super ugly uniforms not too long ago? Uh, yeah, they they had some ones that were like black shirts that were like a little bit too over the top, but they were still kind of cool. I don't think they really ever experimented. Oh yeah, they no Nebraska has an overall like overall uniform. No, those aren't real. Those aren't real. But those are real. No, those are so good though. The thank God. No, those are not good. No, they're just terrific. Uh, yeah, those ones are so funny though. The it's like I think his name is Herbie, maybe. 
uh, like the the big like inflatable mascot or Little Red. That's his name. Little Red. Um, and he they have a, a uniform like edit of basically <laughs> a guy wearing overalls. And I oh dude, I thought that if they actually wore those, those would be hilarious. Adidas seem to do like just too much in general. Like they. Oh my god, these Wisconsin uniforms are horrible. Which ones are the Wisconsin ones? They just have a big W in the chest with like the numbers in the top right. Speaking of bad uniforms, Michigan's first ever night game. Some of the worst uniforms I've ever seen. <laughs> really? You like that? Is that the one with the stripes? They had the stripes right here, and they had a big M. Yeah, it was just bad. See, I don't yeah. I don't hate those ones. I don't remember. I, I think if I remember right, I didn't hate those ones. Yeah, these Wisconsin – if you look look up the Wisconsin Badgers um, W uniforms, you're going gonna to be disappointed. Oh, dude, you know whose uniforms sucked? Were Northwestern's Gothic uniforms. They were like they were like gold, and they like had the this awful font. And uh, oh, they were so bad. Oh my gosh, guys, look look up Northwestern Gothic uniforms. Oh, you don't like those? I thought those were disgusting, man. I kind of like them. I'm looking up. I just looked up the 25 ugliest college football uniforms out there. <laughs> who, who pops up on there? They got the Michigan State uniforms where they had a green, oh. lighter green that just says state right here. <laughs> Wait, oh. big. I, I thought those were those were bad, but they weren't so bad. They have Florida's alligator ones. Those are number one, man. I'm telling you, those are the worst uniforms oh, I've ever seen. Gray. Anything gray is like to me, I just don't like gray. So like if gray's not your color, I don't like what looking at gray uniforms. Well, these are weird. They don't even have like throw like they just have like just regular, regular uniforms on there. They're throwing Colorado State on there, and that is frustrating. Because I love the Colorado State jerseys. Yeah, the Colorado State are fine. They have those like orange. Where did they get incorporated orange? I don't think they're orange. No, they're gold. They're golden green. It's a pretty yeah, bad yeah. list. What? Pretty bad list. Because I like some of the uniforms on here. All right. Well, let's transition to uniforms. Kentucky? I like Kentuckys. They have Tulane on here too. Yeah, it's bad. Tulane, Tulane deserves to be on anything good in uniforms, I think. Yeah, it's also Memphis. I feel like Memphis has really come around with their jerseys. These were, these were the Michigan uniforms I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, those were bad. Yeah, those are bad. <laughs> those are tough to look at. You remember also, the Pittsburgh Steelers were those ones? Those like Bumblebee? Look at that one. That's Denard Robinson? Yeah. Oh, hey. That's uh, beautiful. Denard Robinson might get a couple shout-outs on here then. All right. When does football uh, season start for you personally? Guys, we're getting so close. I, I, I can feel it. When you walk outside, it's not – it was unbearably hot about a month ago. When you walk outside now, it, it feels hot. But the fact that you know college football is coming in about 20, 20 days makes it just a little less hot. feels like, oh, maybe, maybe fall is here. There's a tingle of fall. So what, when does football season start for you guys? And this is just more personally, you know, starts for teams and other people at, at a certain date, but when does it start for you? I'll say the first couple of weeks of the NFL preseason and about the first week of college football around that time. Yeah, did, you, did you guys watch Hall of Fame game? I honestly didn't know it was on. I wish I would have yeah, done it. was not a good game, but it felt good to have football on the TV. Um, I have week zero. I think week zero is the best thing that's ever happened to college football. Week zero. It's just a week earlier of college football. I 
and, and that I think that is the true start. And it might be some like last year we watched like Illinois beat Nebraska. Yeah, Illinois beat Nebraska, and it was the worst game I've ever watched in my life. But I'll tell you what, I sat there the entire time and watched it because football was back. Uh, for me personally, it's when I start seeing the hype videos. Ooh. I start seeing a lot of the hype videos pop up on, on my on my algorithms. I get real excited. Uh, it used to be like every Thursday of week one, South Carolina. It was South Carolina for some reason every year they played to start the year. I think they played North Carolina one year, and it was a, a kind of a big game. But yeah, South Carolina play used to play every year, so that was like what excited me on the Thursday um, before the Saturday of week one. This year we get Hawaii versus Vanderbilt week zero, and that's going to be exciting. An atrocious game though. Oh, it's an atrocious game, but you know what, Drew, my eyes are going to be locked on it. I'm going to watch every second. I'm watching all. Might fall, might fall in love with the Rainbow Warriors. You never know. Hey, if the if the Rainbow Warriors can take down the Commodores, we'll have a we'll have a heck of a day. If we if they're wearing those those throwback uniforms, you tell you tell you what I'll be I'll be tuned in. You know that both of those teams are like circling that one as yeah that'll be a dub both teams because yeah. they're like yeah we're playing a shitty team we could probably win. <laughs> it's like the Super Bowl for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know I don't want to call back KU Duke but it's kind of a KU Duke like it's both teams are like we got to win that one if we win that one we're having a good season. That's Hawaii Vanderbilt. Your choice of the most underrated quarterbacks in college football of your lifetime. Not just, uh, you know, active quarterbacks, but quarterbacks uh, that you've lived through that you remember and you're like, that guy was pretty good. He's underrated all time. I'll say this one. That Miracle Auburn season, you got to go Nick Marshall. The guy was good. He led the national championship game. It took some luck, but... They, yeah, they made it. Georgia game where he threw it and it bounced off the two Georgia defenders. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's the case hits here also as well. Yeah. Um, I chose any Boise State quarterback that I've lived through. I I don't know why, but like Kellen Moore, Ryan Dinwiddie, or Dinwiddle, sorry, and Jared Zabransky. Come on. Jared Zabransky. I mean, oh, my God. Now, I did not think we were going to talk Jared Zabransky. Oh, this. we're talking about him. Jared Zabransky, the legend of the the Liber- the Statue of Liberty against OU. Oh my God! Oh yeah, oh. I know. Um, oh eight, oh eight NCAA football cover athlete. But I feel like any of those, there's just always a good quarterback at uh, at Boise State, and always like above average in playing very well. I mean, Kellen Moore. Come on, Kellen Moore was fucking awesome. Yeah, I had Kellen Moore on my list too. He was. I mean, um, gosh, he was awesome. I just think any Boise State quarterback you could throw in there because they're always they're always good and they always end up being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Brett Rippin. Oh yeah, there you go. Would you guys say that uh, Gardner Minshew was underrated? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I think he was yep. pretty awesome. I love him. Any Washington State quarterback, honestly, because they Falk. had a who's the guy that played like a couple years ago? Yeah, Luke Falk. Right. Luke, no, there's another guy, Anthony. No. Oh, oh gosh, Anthony Gordon maybe? No, it's no, something, like right. something like that. Oh, we he's so underrated we can't remember his name. Yeah, but he was good though. He was good. I do remember that. Uh, I wrote Cody Kessler, USC. Uh, not really know why. I just think he's underrated. Here's my most my 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 two, three that I think are these are great picks from just me personally. Rakeem Cato. Anybody remember him? No. Marshall's quarterback. Oh. Oh, and they were really good. Uh, yeah, I want to say uh, he threw 
for like an insane amount of touchdowns, like an like insane. But I could be wrong here, so let me make sure I, I have my P's and Q's together. Yeah, well, he threw the guy. He threw for forty touchdowns in a season, uh, thirty nine touchdowns in a season, and thirty seven. So let's see. He threw for. 131 touchdowns in his career, Marshall. Pretty good career. Wow. Hoping he wasn't in the plane crash. Also, I got another one that's near and dear to my heart. That's the belldozer. We are. The belldozer. You're supposed to say Marshall. I'm sorry. That's all right. Who who, did you got, Drew? I said the one that's near and dear to my heart is the, the belldozer. Oh, my God. You know what? He was he pissed me the hell off a lot of games, but we would end up winning a lot of games with him. He is underrated. He's a tight end. Hey, hey, he's still a tight end for the Chiefs, baby. Jake, I shook his hand. I I dapped him up. Is that why we're putting him on on here? Because because you guys you guys. uh, Well, we were walking down Campus Corner uh, after the spring game, and Drew and I are walking next to each other, and I look at him, and I was like, "That's Blake Bell." I was like, that's him. Then he was, and then he he looked and then looked back at me. He was like, yep, that's him. And I say, Blake Bell, love you, man. He goes, hey, thanks. Love you guys, too. And I was like, it's my quarterback. Uh, dude, I got some other ones on here. I got Colt Brennan. Oh, R.A.P. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, but he was electric at Hawaii. Um, man, we've really, we've really pumped up Hawaii today. Uh, what, about, what? What about the hefty lefty? Oh, another one, RIP. Yeah. Uh, Jared yeah, Jared Lorenzen. He, uh, I saw somebody the other day. I can't remember who it was. They were comparing somebody to, to Jared Lorenzen, like a, a fat quarterback. I can't remember who the quarterback was. But anyways, I also put Denard Robinson on here. Uh, Denard Robinson is pretty awesome. Although he was on the Never cover. tied his shoes. He was on the cover of NCAA football. Yeah, I guess he wasn't underrated, but he was – he was pretty awesome. I think we forget he about. He never him. tied his shoes. Never ever. tied him. What a weird, what a weird like thing to do. How did they stay on his feet? That's a really good question. That's what I I don't remember because I I was like a weirdly a Michigan fan when I was that age, and I just never remember his shoes coming off ever. Here, how about we uh we do a quarterback that we thought was going to be elite and is kind of so oh, yeah. I, I got I got a really good I got two really good ones. Okay, go. DeAndre Francois. Oh, me too, Drew. Me too. <laughs> I thought he was going to be I thought he was I thought he was, I thought he was, I thought he was him. Yeah, I thought he was net sizing winner before the yeah. state coming off of James Winston and then I got I guess he wasn't that bad, but Jacob Eason. I thought he was going to be elite. Oh yeah, well Jacob Eason was pretty pretty good. I just think he got pretty good, but like he wasn't he didn't live up to his hype. No, gosh, no. No, he did not. Yeah, but DeAndre Francois, oof. Well, so me, oh, Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill's a quarterback I thought was going to be amazing. He played that first game after Johnny Manziel against South Carolina, and I was like, wow. I mean, Texas A&M is just – I mean, they're they're just pumping him out at this point. It's true. Kenny Trill. Yeah, Kenny Trill. Um, another one, Luke Del Rio. He was uh, – he won Elite 11 or something like that. Yeah, I think he won Elite 11, and then he transferred like – Eight times. I mean, he was on like fourteen teams. Who's the who's the who's the quarterback for? Oh, Tate Martell. Oh yeah, Tate Martell is certainly up there. Oh, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy Johnson. Yeah, State. I mean, people were acting like he was going to be the Heisman winner. 
That's what I'm saying. He was horrible. Yeah, he was, he was not good. That yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I still can't believe that Jeremy Johnson wasn't good because everyone and their mom was acting like Jeremy Johnson was Cam Newton 2.0. And then he just went out there and laid an egg against Jacksonville State. And said, "Well, <laughs> oh, dude, who was the quarterback on Last Chance You that was like, man, I fucking suck, man." Oh, uh, that was that was the basketball. He wasn't the Auburn guy, right? No. Oh no, that was the. Uh, who was that? Was a guy from, oh, Georgia Tech guy, Jay Jay yeah. Johnson, something like that. I think yeah. Johnson. He had a tough season. He came off the field and said, "Man, I fucking suck." <laughs> to be fair, he did. He, he did. He lost all confidence in himself, man. He just came off the field in JUCO and said, "Man, I fucking." It was suck. East Mississippi, right? No, that was the Indy one. Speaking of last one. chance, you Malik Henry. Oh yeah, he would certainly be up there. Yeah, what a, I, I, I thought he was going to be really good at Nevada. Oh, I thought he was going to pull it together. You know, uh, I hate to do this, guys. You know who's another one is Rhett Bomar. Oh, yeah, he's terrible. But, he's but he, was, he was expected to be the, the second coming of Christ for, for OU. He was like the number one. He was not. Yeah, he was. He, he, was not. he uh, ended up at Sam Houston State. Not not great. Stuff. Hey, Bearcats are in a hey, Bearcats are now at FCS. Sam Houston State Bearcats. There you go. Is James Madison? Are they in the? Yep, they are also making the jump to I think the Sun Belt, maybe. The Sun Belt is getting kind of hot here. Well, let's see. Where where is James Madison? I don't. Maybe not the Sun Belt. They they had to like pay some kind of penalty to the to the um conference they were in. Yeah, dude, they're in the Sun Belt. There you go. It's exciting. Oh. Anyways, all right, let's move on to uh, the funniest looking head coaches and why. Um, first one I've got on here, I think it's way too obvious. We talked about it on a previous podcast, Paul Christ. He looks like Peter Griffin. <laughs> and I just think anytime you look like Peter Griffin, you're going to make me laugh. Also, on previous podcasts, I have Kirby Smart. Yeah. The hair, the hair and visor combo is just not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I picked Ed Orgeron. Um, I feel like there wasn't a better coach to coach LSU. <laughs> I mean – Literally, he just seems like he he's from that area. I don't know if he is or not, but I mean, go Tigers! What dogs like this? You know, like, I've always I've always kind of thought. Do you guys remember Brett Bielma? Oh yeah, oh, was, yeah, that's a good one. I always thought he kind of looked like a fat Alec Baldwin. Dude, yeah, that's actually a really good call. I I had not I wouldn't have thought about Brett Bielma, man. He's at Illinois now. Is he really? Yep, fat Alec Baldwin coaching the Illini. <laughs> Coaching a whole tribe. Come on now. Whole tribe. Uh, dude, I put Mangino from KU on here. Special, <laughs> special, special guy. 400 pounds, 400 pounds of pure football and testosterone in that guy. I mean, just a beautiful human being. It, it says something if you, can, if you can bring Kansas up there. Hey, was he a good person? No. Was he fat? Yes. <laughs> was, was he, he good coaching coach? football? Also, yes. Great football coach. Yeah. He made Kansas look like Brown, Alabama. Yeah, I don't know about that. Was he the, was he the coach of Was he the coach of the 2017? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were number two in the country at one point. Yeah, they had like they had like four guys who were like NFL Hall of Famers now. Yeah, Chris Harris, Akib Talib. Who else they have? They had a uh, somebody else that was really good. Maybe uh, who's the quarterback of that team? Todd Reesing. Oh. Gonna play some Kansas Jayhawk history. Yeah. Uh, okay, I also have Dave Aranda. Just in the fact that he looks somewhat like a testicle. 
And then I also put uh, Billy Napier because he looks like a great value uh, Coach Brown from Last Chance U. But yeah, and then the other one I put on here, funniest looking at coaches, uh, what would Jim Harbaugh be doing if he wasn't coaching football? Zero killer. <laughs> um, he'd be the manager of a fast food restaurant screaming at people. He looks like a serial killer. He does look a little creepy. Remember, remember when he spent the night at a kicker's treehouse? Yeah, that is that is one of the more odd college football. It's a very underrated story. He stayed the night at a recruit's house, and the recruit was a kicker. In a treehouse. In the treehouse. When Nordeen. He stayed the night. He had to climb up that treehouse to get into it. God, I wish I could have. I wish there was video of that. <laughs> like, what a weird. What a weird. How funny would it be seeing a picture of of him with uh with the recruit in the treehouse, just like yeah, yeah. Arm around hey, him. He, he signed. Quinn Nordine went to the Wolverines. You yeah. guys have seen the video of him shirtless at practice. I mean, that is the whitest human being of all time. Yeah, yeah. No team in the sun every day. It's weird because because John Harbaugh looks like a normal guy. Yeah, the, the fact that those two that that family those family dinners must be something with those two. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine. All right. Well, we're going to get into some actual football here, which I swear. Um, so here we go. Uh, we got two picks for each of us, um, from each of us, to have a breakthrough season this year in college football. Um, I've got a couple here that I think are kind of weird, maybe off the beaten path. I'll let you guys go ahead and go first. Well, I got uh, – just because every single game they lost last year, was super super close. I, I'm got Nebraska. I just I mean, if they can turn a couple of those last second losses into wins, they're gonna at least be bowl eligible this year. You'd think. And then the second one is Miami. They got the Tom Van Dyke. He's he's been looking a lot better. I mean, he's a. I think he's gonna turn them around. Him and Cristobal. I looked. I did a little research on them, and it says that they're returning three of their starting offensive linemen. So we're gonna see a little. Maybe ten win season, nine win season for Miami. I love that. I think I think Miami is one of the more underrated teams this year. They were they were actually like good. Like they weren't 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 great, but they were a good team the latter the latter part of last year. Like a good team. They took away the turnover chain this year. Gets their business. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a great idea, but we'll see. Strictly business. Who's um, Who's my what? Did you, did you have two picks or just uh, you had Miami? I had Miami and Nebraska. Oh yeah 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 yeah. My bad. Um, for mine, I had two that we have talked about many times on the podcast. Um, the BYU Cougars. I mean, they're returning every single uh, defensive player um, and seven offensive starters. Um, they're going to be good. Um, as we've mentioned, they got a real tough schedule coming up. But, I mean, if they can do it, I don't see why you can't say they're not one of the top five teams in the nation. Um, I also have – Jake, you're going to love this one, buddy. Okay. Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, I, I am ready for it. I want to see it. I need it in my. I need it this year. I need it. We're going. We're done with four. We're going for five. We're going to five. We're going to five. Oh, I want to see gosh. it. We're asking for a lot, but I. It can. Whenever, dude, they were playing Texas like, like a normal Big Twelve school would. Like it was awesome. If they could just do that every game. It, they would be so good at football. It's insane. So, but 
So who are their wins here? Who are their wins? Let's Tennessee go look Tech. at their schedule. Yeah, so they got Tennessee Tech. You got that's got to be a win. If they're getting to five, they got to beat Tennessee Tech. They got to beat Duke. Um, that'd be Texas. two. Texas. They got to beat Texas. Well, do you, okay. Here's their home games. Their home games are Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Iowa State. Yeah, that's that's not. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think there's a better chance of hell for even over than them getting the five wins this year. I'm no, gonna... hey, you gotta, you gotta have. So here, listen to me. We got Tennessee Tech. They're beating Tennessee Tech. We okay. gotta have that win. Um, they I could beat West Virginia. Virginia. They could beat West Virginia. We're they could. I really do. They, they so let's back. say West Virginia. They're gonna lose to Houston. Um, Duke. They're beating Duke. They're beating them this year. They're taking all their frustrations out on from basketball and throwing it on that football field. I don't think they have frustrations um, at basketball right now. They just won the national championship. Well, I mean, they, they got some frustration. Just they hate them. They hate Duke. Um, <laughs> they're beating Texas. So there's four. And so they just have to beat one of our teams <laughs> or Texas or uh, not or K-State. I, it could, it's doable, and that's all I'm going to say. Is yeah. it is very doable for Kansas this year? I want to see the Jayhawks get to five. To get to five wins, in my opinion, they have to beat one of Iowa State or TCU, West Virginia, Duke, Tennessee Tech. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Five wins. I don't think there's any way. Listen, I I'll be honest. Yeah, I gotta believe four, a- four. I'm telling you, four. They can do four, five. They I- could do four for sure, but I I want to see five. Why why shoot why shoot lower? Shoot for high and if you get close, good, but we want to see it. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand how you guys are writing off Tennessee Tech in this game. I'm I might <laughs> Tennessee Tech might beat them. They really might. What is Tennessee Tech's mascot? That game that I think that game, I'll put some money that that game's going on going to overtime at least. Overtime? It's, that game's going to overtime. The golden eagles of Tennessee Tech. That, and Lawrence. They're going to stumble into Lawrence and beat them. Tennessee Tech has a beautiful campus. Wow. Beautiful campus. What was, what was the record last year? Let's see. Tennessee Tech? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, this will be the deciding factor for me. If On if they can get to five wins? No, if they can beat Tech Kansas or not. Well, Tennessee Tech was three and eight. Whew. So they still got a chance. All right, next up we're going to do some Big 12 – football here we're gonna each have three x-factor players that we think could uh ultimately decide the big 12 um this year you know x-factor isn't the most important player but it's it's very important and honestly for for these teams um in the big 12 it might just be a bear a very uh under underrated player but somebody that makes that team go um my first player on here i have uh uh landon Landing these balls on your face. <laughs> Bingo. Two times in a row, Drew. Two times in a row. Well, I, caught right. my, I caught myself the first time. Uh, uh, that was a great one. So I've actually got I've got Trace Ford for Oklahoma State, uh, uh, not Landon. He Trace Ford has torn his ACL two times in a row. He missed all of last year. He only missed one game of 2020, but he's had two ACL tears in a row. Coaches are saying he's finally healthy. If you remember back in the during the COVID season, you know, he was our best player, like quite honestly, on offense or defense. Actually, Tyron Wallace was probably better, but Trace Ford was our best defensive player back then, created a lot of havoc for us on defense. Getting his getting him back and if he's healthy, I mean I can't tell you how big of a deal that would be for the Oklahoma State defense. 
they'll have a heck of a pass rush if he's healthy. And if he's not healthy, they'll still have a very good one with Colin Oliver and Brock Martin. But tra- adding Trace Ford, a healthy Trace Ford to that defense, man, I, it's just huge. You guys want to go with your first one now? We'll come back and do the second. My first one is going to be Marvin Mims. I think he is probably the most important part in the OU offense this year. I think because if if Dylan Gabriel can't really find him, then he doesn't really have – I mean, we have some of the good receivers with us, but, like, if he can't get – if Marvin Mims can't get open, that offense is going to stall really hard because it'll close down the run game. Uh, yeah. we, don't, we have no idea who Dylan Gabriel will be able to throw to. So. I think I think Braden Willis and um, Theo Weiss both could be listed as X factors as well. Um, I agree. It'll probably be Braden Willis's like first season as like the main H back tight end starter. Boy, I'm interested to see how we use them because I know Jeff Levy loves to have tight ends and tight ends actually running routes because Braden Willis did not really like do a lot of like pass catching. He had a couple and he looked really good when he did. So I'm I'm really pumped for that. It'll be him and Daniel Parker. They'll be splitting the H back time. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Daniel Parker transfer from Missouri. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's probably a pretty underrated pickup. Actually, he is a pretty good player from Missouri. Uh, one thing, thing OU is really good at is they're utilizing the H back position. It seems like yeah. they always have a really good one. Yeah, I wonder if Levy will use it as much as an H back or more of like a traditional tight end because Jeremiah Hall wasn't a tight end. I mean, you know, he's just good old fullback. Yeah, bullfrog baby. Mm-hmm. So for my first one, I have Woody Washington. Um, he's the leader of the OU defense this year. Um, I mean, I you could convince me that he's probably the best player on OU's defense this year. Um, I'm excited to see. He was – I wouldn't say he was great last year, uh, but he had really good moments, and he looked – I mean, he's our best corner, and that's that's most important one of the most important spots on defense. Um and if he can he can start locking up guys like uh, Xavier Worthy and um, the Iowa State kid, I mean, if he can do that, I can I can see us being a whole lot better on defense than we have been the last couple of years. Uh, but I think Woody Washington, by far the X factor for that OU defense. Well, that's a good segue because I also picked another OU defensive player for one of my X factors. I have Danny Stutzman on here as my one of my X factors. I just think that. Linebacker, you guys are losing an edge rusher, and Nick Benito is very good. And then also Brian Asamoa was kind of the, I don't know, from what I saw, the emotional leader of the defense for a lot of the season. So having a good guy, a, a big-time linebacker, um, you know, guy that can come in and, and kind of produce at the same rate that those guys were um, would be really helpful. Um, obviously, it's going to be a new scheme un, under uh, Brent Mittables. So I think that, yeah, Danny Sutzman is probably an X factor. A guy like a guy like that linebacker that's going to play kind of a hybrid linebacker um, is going to end up having to cover and blitz. You're going to need to be a good player. There's, I feel like Britt Venables always has that just insane white linebacker that is just elite every single year. Um, no, most like of can... them don't have the measurables that Danny Stutzman does. I mean, Danny Stutzman's tall, mm-hmm. yeah. um, arms, pretty good. Um, I mean, Jake, I he, he – Danny Sutzman was literally at a at an OU basketball game. Took one of the trumpets from the band players and started playing it. Yeah, so, actor man, he's got he's got everything you need. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use this as my second like my second uh, X factor, but I'd argue that Jalen Redmond's the most important part of the OU defense this year. Yeah, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, because he has the most natural talent on the defense, in my opinion. He's extremely athletic, powerful. If he can stay healthy. I think that he can be the biggest X factor in defense. Yeah. But 
for my second X Factor, I'm going to go with, um, what's his name? Quentin Johnson from DCU. Because, I mean, what's that offense going to do without him? With that, they lost Zach Evans. And we've seen Matt Duggan two or three years now. He's not, he's not, he's going to be the same player. Quentin Johnson, I think the offense is good where he goes. It's fair. That's a fair point. If he can get the ball in his hands, he's a great player. Yep. TCU, um, I, don't, I don't see TCU uh, having a lot of other weapons this year other than him as well. You're right. That's why. That's why I told Possible uh, Blankentoff right there. But for my second X Factor, I have Brock Martin for OSU's defense. Um, I think it's important bringing back a guy like that. He's He's awesome. I hate his guts, but he is darn good at football. He's going to cause a lot of havoc for teams. and He's going to be a problem, um, especially running that same defense. Hopefully that – what's the uh, new D.C.? Derek Mason. I, I, if Derek Mason can run uh, that same defense to the level they were doing it, that would be interesting to see. But I think Brock Martin is going to be huge help. He's going to probably lead the Big 12 in sacks, if I had to guess. Um but I think Brock Martin, probably y'all's best player on defense, uh, unless Trace Ford comes back and is goes back to his old self. But uh, Brock Martin could honestly end up being a first round pick next year, um, depending on how well he plays this year. Well, Colin Oliver, I don't know, Colin Oliver coming back, they're going to have a pass rush is just not something that we're worried about. Like, I mean, they're going to have a hell of a defensive line. And then Colin Oliver's put on 20 pounds and he had 11 and a half sacks last year as a freshman. So, like, He's going to be he's, – he's big time. We just need to replace Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper, which is going to be tough. But I think they brought in some good guys to do it. And, but it'll be very tough to, to replace the kind of production that Malcolm Rodriguez was putting up last year, that's for sure. My third guy I have on here is Quinn Ewers. I think it's too obvious of a pick um, as an X factor. If Quinn Ewers can perform uh, to the rate that he was recruited at um, and expected to kind of uh, perform at that, at that rate – I mean, Texas is going to be a good team. Um, even if their defense isn't good, they're going to have too many offensive weapons if Quinn Ewers is successful. And the offensive line is decent. I mean, they're, they're going to be a good team. Uh, and I think that greatly impacts the the Big 12 race. Now, I'd not – somebody today, and this just uh, pisses me off to no, no end. Somebody today in the coaches poll ranked Texas number one team in the country. Oh, my gosh. Oh. One person. That one person should never get a vote again, ever. Uh, that team went five and seven. This team went five and seven last year and lost to Kansas at home. There is no precedent for them being the number one team. There's no precedent for them bringing a bowl team. Like let's, let's just let, let's let things play out. Let's not, let's stop ranking Texas number one because part of the issue with Texas being good is they continually get ranked so high that they, their players are like, I guess we already got it made and they haven't done anything to earn that. Um, So it's, it's a little bit ridiculous to me, but Anyways, yeah, Quinn Ewers is definitely an X factor. I think it's hard not to see him as that. Um, definitely an X factor for the offense, but even more so the team. Yeah, I, I had it. I had him at number three as well, but I'll throw in. I'll throw in Spencer Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I think if he can quit turning the ball over at the he does, I mean, it'll be hard to beat OSU next year because, like we said before in previous podcasts, he's the most athletic quarterback in the Big Twelve by far. Because if he can start running the ball and quit turning the ball over while, while passing it, then you know, it'll be really hard to be OSU. He's become opinion. a good pocket passer, and like he's become a good good at whenever he needs to like run, he runs like you know that stuff. He's become yeah. very good at. But yeah, the turnovers are a little excessive, um, and they I wouldn't even say that the turnovers turnovers are so excessive as if, as they come in the worst period of time. 
Like yeah. they just come at the wrong time. It seems like um, in the wrong games, obviously, but he, he is, he's gotten much better over his time at OSU. And I think he's going to show that this year, hopefully. So we'll see. Um, for my last one, I couldn't decide between these two because I think these two players are extremely important to both teams. Um, they're both running backs. Uh, Bijan Robinson. We don't know what the hell Quinny Ewers is going to be. We don't. And um, I mean, it, it basically it will come down to if Texas can dominate the run game, it's going to make it a hell of a lot easier on Quinn Ewers. And Bijan Robinson's, I mean, potential Heisman candidate in my eyes. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if he can have a, if he can get a good like 1,500 rushing yards this year, I think Texas will probably be very good. Um, that, and then I also have Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is the only thing Kansas State has going for him. Um, apparently and, not. They've got six people on the first team all by 12. <laughs> I mean, apparently, but yeah. that's bullshit. We all know it. Deuce Vaughn is the only one that should be on there. That team lives and breathes through him. Um, if he's shut down, that team is done. We've seen it for, what, two years now? Hey, King Felix. Got to watch out for King Felix, Tom. I, I don't care about King Felix. He's not doing anything. Deuce Vaughn is the guy. Um, but I think those two players, uh, I mean, running back is running the ball uh, is so important to football. I know it's we're kind of getting away from it, but I feel like if you can dominate the run game, um, you will win a whole lot of games. Yeah. Quarterback and defense is kind of how I, I look at my teams, like how I rate them. Um, so it ends up like we kind of underrate running backs just by trade because we look at how good is their defense and is their quarterback good nowadays. To, to, that kind of makes a winning team. But, yeah, you're certainly right, Deuce Vaughn and B. And John especially Bobby. like if we look at the old like the Lincoln Riley OU teams, the reason why they were so good at throwing the ball is because we were always top five in the in running. We yeah. we, were, we had I mean, we had Joe Mixon and Samaje here and there, but like Rodney Anderson. TJ Pledger, we had some guys that probably weren't the best in the world, but were dominant um, enough to open up that pass game, which is just, especially nowadays, is insanely important because that it's a passing passing game now. But yeah. I think we underrate the running backs, and I think we need to give them a little bit of love. My other one's honorable mentions here. Uh, I have Colby Reader from Iowa State. He's transferred from Delaware, played linebacker. He'll be replacing Mike Rose. So he's got some big shoes to fill, but I think Iowa State – actually, I looked at their depth chart. Iowa State's returning a lot of guys that had kind of been – had played a lot of snaps, but more as backups. Iowa State has a chance to me that to be just as good, if not better, record-wise than they were last year. That's just – I'm a little bit higher than on them than I think most people are. And Colby Reader's probably a pretty big X factor for them in their defense. Yeah. Well, I also have an audible mention. Uh, Xavier Worthy for Texas. I mean, we saw him at the OU game. He was dominating. Like, he literally took a big old fat, smelly poop on us. But um, I think Xavier Worthy is uh, extremely important for how one Quinn Ewers does as a quarterback in total. Because, um, I mean, I know Texas will probably have other good receivers. I couldn't tell you their names. But uh, Xavier Worthy is going to – Quinn Ewers is going to live and die through him. Um yeah. And if he doesn't show up like he did last year, we're he we're in for a rough, rough year for Quinn. But I think I think Quinn will figure it out. Yeah, they brought in a Wyoming transfer, Isaiah Naor. It's supposed to be pretty good. I don't know. We'll see. Anybody that transfers from schools like that, it just takes me a minute to. It's just a different level. Like it, it may it may work out, may not. 
See, I have a honorable mention as well, Jake. Have you ever heard the? Have you heard of the new West Virginia transfer Duma? I have not heard of Duma. Duma nuts fit in your mouth. Yeah, no, I have not heard of Duma nuts fit in your mouth. Uh, he could have a big year at West Virginia. You know, Duma he put up amazing high school stats, and finally they got a big recruit there in Morgantown. Duma nuts fit in your mouth. Uh, you know, when they announce his name, we're the loudspeakers. Fans are gonna go crazy. Yeah. Duma. Duma. <laughs> Duma. Okay, I have another question on here. I wanted to, we didn't really mention too much about Texas Tech um, or West Virginia for that reason, other than Duma. Um, I have a couple questions here. Would you guys be shocked? And these are the two questions I have, um, just to mention Texas Tech and, and West Virginia. Would you guys be shocked if Texas Tech could beat North Carolina State? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked. Uh, I think I'd be insanely shocked. I think Tech is going to be pretty much the same as they were last year. I think the next two years will probably be better, but I still feel like they're in a big rebuilding phase right now. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, I just think at North Carolina State, I think they might find North Carolina State in a weird like phase of their schedule to where Texas Tech can maybe win that game. And the hype might be too big for them. I just don't think Texas Tech is too bad. I, I think they're fine. We'll see. Uh, my other question was, West Virginia, would you guys be surprised if they beat Pitt week one? No. I Pitt, lost, Pitt lost their two best two best players. And, I mean, they'll still be a decent team, but um, I just don't see that offensive production that they had last year uh, coming back at all. Yeah. Okay, well, those are just the two teams to me in the Big 12 that, like, I could see it going either way for those teams and being successful this year. And uh, I think their early season big games will probably play a big part in uh, if they have a great season or not. All right, you guys got anything else? I got, I got a question. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you know, if any, any of the people out there watch the MLB, you know, who Edwin Diaz is and you know that a good closer slash walkout song is unbelievably important to a team gets a crowd going. So I would like to introduce the kicker walkout song. Imagine a kicker is coming out to nail a 45-yarder. Imagine Rodrigo Blankenship walking out to the Migos, and he's about to nail a game winner. That would be – it'd be elite. Um, so I wanted to hear what you guys would have as your walkout song for your kicker and um, why that song. Yeah, so I've got on here – I've got a Runaway by Kanye and Pusha T. It's just – a pretty continual piano and then it gets like going and it's like exciting i think it'd just be a good build-up to me crushing a ball through the uprights although i don't think i could i don't think i physically could do that but you know mentally yeah. it's there if you could if you could yeah just so you can get the blood blood pumping a little bit it's got to go with like a just old rock song so probably like inner sandman or something, something oh like yeah that. classic yeah. yeah um for mine i have I just assume if I was a kicker, I would be just the biggest asshole on earth um, and be super cocky and just kind of be a dick ball. Um, so I would have Why You Always Hating by YG with Drake. Um, and I, it's just, I feel like that first part of the song is just perfect. And it's, Why you always hating? it's just like, stop hating. I'm nailing field goals. Right. But, I like that. I also, I think anything ACDC, think it i think it should be the one thing is is imagine a kicker going out there you're down 51 to 10 and, and you gotta send out the kicker and they're like 
back in black and then he, he misses you know like that's just not a good scene for the well <laughs> here's my thing i feel like it would be uh, that's the problem like with with having this is it would be a very situational time to do it well that's why um, it works in the mlb is because the closer comes in when you're winning yeah um yeah that'd be it, it'd be interesting to see where to like implement it but i feel like it would be very successful imagine rodrigo blanket chip i mean that's that's my only thought in my head is Rodrigo Blankenship about to go hit a 50-yarder to win the game for you. And well, he's just pumping – he's pumping stir-fried by the Migos. Like, just something else. I'm just thinking about Pauly Fricano. Oh, what what would his song be, Jake? Oh, I don't even know. Pauly Fricano's song? Yeah. Probably makes his own music at this point. <laughs> I don't even know. Pauly Fricano's song would be something electric, though, I can tell you that much. Off the crossbar. Off the crossbar. Dance in the dark by Ed Sheeran. That's what he'd sing. <laughs> Some love song. Yeah. Polly Fricano oh, gets man. the microphone. He starts singing. He doesn't even want to kick. No. Yeah. He just starts singing at the 50. Eastern Michigan faithful are going crazy for Polly Fricano concert. <laughs> anyway. All right, that's our show. Um, we're going to have you guys go ahead and just follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. Give us a five-star rating, like and subscribe, everything. We need you you guys. Uh, we need our fans, man. We need we need you guys to take a take a hold of the rating system on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and give us five stars if you would. Honestly, I'd love five stars. If you want to rate us four stars, that's fine. Anything lower than that, fuck yeah. All right. Um, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate listeners. Uh, let's have a good one today.